0: With another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. I am so pleased today to be here with a new friend. He was introduced to me through a common friend. And, Norm, I found that you have something interesting going on. Folks, this is Norm Angel. He is a retired attorney. And he has a story that really caught my attention because I don't often get to interview people who are in this particular circumstance.
1: Norm, what is that? The circumstance, Dr. Paul, is that I have been dead twice and came back and have memories of both times and have it fit into how my life is structured after that occasion. Wow. So Right. You know what I sometimes
0: joke about? Well, I've never inter- interviewed the dead guy um, with a few exceptions, and you get to be the next one. Because you've actually experienced this.
1: Yes. Uh, I have had uh, three strokes and three heart attacks, and two of the heart attacks were temporarily fatal. And I love the word temporarily <laughs> temporarily, because it, it conjures up the fact that it was a, a minimum time gone and maximum time back. So I think that the, in, in describing it, I would like to talk about what both times what happened and what I thought about and what I remember.
0: I am fascinated uh, partially because I look at this as, okay, we've got someone who has been over there and came back. What can you tell us about what you experienced? So I'm I'm sure you're going to get to that. Lay this out for us, Norm.
1: Okay, I think I need to start, actually, from the first heart attack rather than the two that followed that were actually temporary fatal. Okay. My first heart attack was uh, in 2000, and I was having surgery at the time with, uh, on my heart, and I remember seeing a light in the corner that just said, relax, relax. And so hmm. I, I remember they started the procedures on me before the anesthesia had taken place, and they were a little concerned about it, but I just said, go ahead. So it was okay. And that was a long time before the actual first opportunity to die.
0: Opportunity to die. You talk weird.
1: <laughs> well, maybe I am weird. In fact, it's kind of, it's kind of funny that uh, I'm in a special program at Stanford University Medical Center that they brought me into to study me a little bit because they've never had anybody that died twice. So they want to study that. So, moving—it's well, moving not a on. big
0: club. Normal yes. we'll say that.
1: <laughs> moving on from the heart attack, which sort of set the pace for that, is that many years later, I had the heart attack. The first opportunity, uh, my wife and I were having a dinner party with uh, two other couples, and I was pouring a glass of wine, a bottle of wine, for my people that were visiting, and mm-hmm. I dropped the bottle; it exploded, and I dropped dead. And at that time, uh, I remember falling, I remember going down, And lying there thinking, and as it turns out, because I have a defibrillator and a pacemaker implanted in my chest, that I have the ability on that computer to time everything and to know what was happening each time it happened.
0: So there was a record, an electronic record of what had to happen to you physiologically.
1: Exactly. And the electronic record was then later able to tell me that I was completely flatlined for 38 seconds the first time. And so the 38 seconds is is what I do remember while I was lying on the floor, being the the entertainment for the evening for (laughs) my dinner guests. (laughs) And at that moment, uh, as you enter the, the blackness of unconscious, I remember feeling extremely warm, extremely comfortable, and thinking, this is actually very nice. And so as I thought about it later, and people would ask me questions, they said, what did it feel like? Well, it was, think of floating in a warm tub of water, and it may be related to be ambionic fluid or something, Mm -hmm. but you're lying there thinking, and I remember saying to myself, this feels really wonderful, I really like this, I think I will stay here, this does not hurt, this is comfortable, this is okay. And then, then I remember thinking, wait a minute, I might be dead, but it was, I remember saying, it's okay.
0: Interesting.
1: No fears. It's okay.
0: Wow. And then you came back.
1: And then the defibrillator, who, as you see on television where the defibrillator, they do people, it has to charge. It's not instantly charged. So. During those 38 seconds, the defibrillator says, oh, we better get working.
0: Mm-hmm. So we
1: need to fire up. So it gets charged, and then it shocked me. And apparently it shocked me and then brought my heart back from being stopped for all that time. Right. And when I came back, I remember thinking, I want to stay here. Hmm. I'd be all right to stay here. I had no fear about being where right. I was at that time. And so then I realized that that was probably in the beginning of death, is comfortable, no fear involved, and it's okay to stay there, I would be fine if I did stay there.
0: Interesting. Did this surprise you?
1: Yes. Because you hear the stories of, oh, did you see uh, uh, the light? Did you see... Go toward the light. Did you go towards the light? Did you see a long, dark tunnel and you go towards the light? No, I was already there in this warm, floating, warm water, comfortable with fear gone from me by the time I came back and remembered that. Wow.
0: And this was only the first of...
1: This was the the, the first first of two times, and that was in uh, 2012. So that was actually 12 years after the first heart attack. Uh Uh-huh. And then uh, the the next one is even more entertaining and more interesting because my wife and I were playing golf with another couple uh, on Memorial Day of 2016 and we were on our golf course and we were in the preparation for moving to a different city Mm
0: -hmm. and so
1: we were saying goodbye to the golf course Mm -hmm. and we were playing golf and we were on the 11th tee and I hit a great drive and turned around and then just completely dropped dead on the golf course, and of course the other- So it's
0: true that if you get a really
1: great drive, (laughs) you can just finish there. Right, (laughs) and of course it was also fun because we had, the friends knew it was our last uh, round of golf at our country club in Reno, Nevada, Mm. and we had friends playing behind us and friends playing ahead of us, and so it was an interesting opportunity, and the the time at that point was uh, 42 seconds that I was out, And the same thing, the exact same feelings came back. The feeling of warm water floating, comfortable, and I want to stay here. And so I think the the key is, for me, that I do not not fear dying. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not sure I'm anxious to get there, but I remember Mm -hmm. the feeling. It was identical to the first time, both times the same, and both times... Comfortable enough to say, I can stay here and I will be happy here. I'm comfortable, and I'm not afraid. Wow! And then the defibrillator shocked me. And then and and, and then welcome back. Nora. And I welcome back. And and uh, then we were dealing with the, the picking up the pieces, so to speak. My wife had called the ambulance, and and they had, had come, and we went into the hospital. And that's when they noticed on the recording that my heart had gone to 220 beats per minute, and that's when it stopped, and that the computer mm. spent 42 seconds to charge up and bring me back. So having a record in the computer in my chest in the defibrillator is kind of interesting. But it, uh, the, yeah. the interesting part to me was the feelings and the consciousness that I had, the awareness of what I had. Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of you just black out and go out you actually can still remember, you can still bring back those thoughts, and you can bring back that feeling once you, you awaken.
0: That's interesting. And to everyone else, for all intents and purposes, you were gone.
1: Yes, uh, my wife told me that I was, I was not breathing, my eyes apparently had rolled, rolled back, and, mm-hmm. and I was... I and your was, heart had stopped. And my heart had stopped, and I was flatlined. Right. But again, I didn't have a sense of time, both the first time at 38 seconds, the second time at 42 seconds. It could have been an hour. It could have been a minute. It could have been whatever. But I remember the comfort of the feeling and the warmth of where I was and the relief that everything was okay took over for any amount of time.
0: This is the part that surprised you, at least from the first one. And it sounds like the the experience in your second opportunity, I think is what you called it. Yes. uh, Was very similar. Before, you had a totally different view of what death was or what to expect.
1: Yes. uh, I think all of us have a fear. At least I had a fear of, of what death would be like. That it it must be a horrible feeling. You must have some physical pain. You must have a sense of oh my god, this is this can't be the end of it, and that was all gone for me. There was never a sense of loss. There was never a sense of fear. There was never a sense of oh my, this mm-hmm. must really be it. Wait a minute, I forgot to do twenty five other things. Wait a minute, I, I didn't. I'm not do, ready. I'm not ready. I'm not mm-hmm. ready. I was completely ready because you're there before you know it. And then the opportunity to be consciously aware of what's happening was with me the whole time.
0: Wow. I, it just occurred to me that your name is Angel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I didn't realize that before because I knew a little bit about your story. I'm hearing things about it that I hadn't, I hadn't heard before. This is the first time you're sharing some aspects of this with me. and. Uh, it's fascinating to me because, you know, one of the number one fears is the fear of death. And there's some that are above that, like the fear of public speaking and the fear of being inadequate and stuff like that are more pervasive, actually. But the fear of death is right up there on the list.
1: I, th- I think that, that I agree with that. But the fear of death now, to me, is more the suspense of when rather than the fear of mm. when. Because the, uh, knowing mm. that, that I will probably go into the same state again, and maybe a maybe being born a, a Leo and having a lion and having nine lives, maybe I've got mm. seven more to go. But more opportunities. More, more. <laughs> more opportunities. But I, I do remember that the uh, I'm not afraid of dying, and then it's kind of funny. And now you think about it, if. I hit a golf ball on a lake and I lose it on the golf course. Do you think I care about my golf ball anymore? <laughs> so there are things that I no longer are It's given of. you a different perspective
0: and as as we come back from this break, I would love to dig into some of those things that you've learned, how that has changed your life or how you approach life. I I believed for a long time that a healthy understanding of death can give us a new lease on life. Yes. And you've had an opportunity to do that in a very unique way. So can we get into that after the break? Yes. Folks, this is Norm Angel at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. Do you dream of making a bigger difference more of the time? Have you thought about life coaching as something that you would like to offer? If you are an influencer or a speaker or a leader or a coach, this webinar is for you. In this webinar, I'll share with you seven important clarities that are absolutely essential to setting up a successful life coaching practice. If you're ready to take some courageous steps to add life coaching to the services you offer your clients, register now at LiveOnPurpose.com dot coach forward slash webinar that's liveonpurpose dot coach dot com forward slash webinar and we're back Norm Angel at Live On Purpose Radio I'm talking to an angel and it's not that you're so angelic per se but you've experienced some things about death uh, I'm, I'm thinking as you share this story norm it maybe you were just like blacked out you're in a coma you're in a i don't know you're knocked out there's a difference though
1: yes there is. it's saying. interesting you say that dr paul because in between the heart attacks i did have a bad reaction to a drug they gave me after the first heart attack which it, they eventually had to put me in the hospital, and I was put into a coma for 10 days oh. through drugs coma. And I want to distinguish a coma where you're drug-induced to be unconscious, and you really don't have memories of what was going on, completely different from the feeling when you actually are in dead. And wow. the, the, the death opportunity, as I use the opportunity word again because mm-hmm. I can safely say that, is, is entirely different because you are conscious, you are in realization of, of what is happening, and you are able to feel, you're able to think. Not that in those 38 seconds or 42 seconds you make decisions on how you're going to lead the rest of your life or if I can go back, I'll do something different. You don't have time to think about that. You, right. just, you just have the comfortable feeling of, of, of being safe happy, nice to be there, and maybe I'll stay here for a while was one of the thoughts I had the the first time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as then, after I have been brought back and spent a few days in the hospital and and able to think about it, one of the main questions I've had now for the last couple of years is, why was I brought back? Why Ah. was I saved from that, or brought back from that wonderful, floating, comfortable experience? And I can't answer that question yet. Uh, I have a lot of people helping me with with why. And, That's a and,
0: purpose question, yes, isn't it?
1: Very much so. It, it, I would like to know the answer to that, which I may never find out, which will then give mm. me a varied opportunity maybe to do many things thinking those are all each of the answer to why I came back.
0: Interesting. And maybe
1: I can do far more than I might have ever been intended to do because I'm trying to find the one that might ring a bell, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and say, okay, this is why you came back. But uh, to to answer another question to think about is that what perspectives have changed for me?
0: I was was wondering that. uh,
1: Other than just the lack of fear, there are many other perspectives that that are still a work in progress for me. And that is to not let a lot of things that should and have been in the past bothersome to you. Mm -hmm. A lot of decisions or inactions or actions you do or reasons you're seeking why something happened or why something is not happening. Mm -hmm. All of those things are, are in a pattern that are not productive because right. the productive purpose of life and looking for something is far different than actually answering individual questions. And so the one question of why did I come back, which is a major big question, is not as important as all of the little pieces that might fit within that answer mm-hmm. that I need to do, and which means toss away things that don't appear to lead to an answer for that question or carry them with me, I spend a lot of time in my life carrying baggage too far, too long with me that I need to get rid of, as my wife Dolly does help me with occasionally, is Mm -hmm. to remember, hey, did you put that in the suitcase? Leave it. And and so (laughs) the, the idea is for me, is to be consciously looking for an answer to why did I come back in all of the little things every day that happens, all the interactions. Mm-hmm. And, and then you don't think of them necessarily at the moment they're happening, but later on each evening when you reflect on it or you, you, you maybe are, are, are thinking that maybe this was the answer. Maybe this is what I was brought here for. Mm-hmm. That will never be actually told to maybe the last time I don't wake up.
0: Right. Which may or may not be the next time you die.
1: That is correct. In fact, I, you know, <laughs> I'm knows? optimistic. I mean, it, it might be pieces to the question, the answers to that question may come in pieces. And I've mm. got two of the pieces so far. Right. Comfort, lack of fear, uh Maybe the suspense is still there as to when the next one would happen, but I think that it really does give you an opportunity, if you make a choice, to change your perspective on things that bother you or things that you wish would happen or people you don't want to spend time with or do want to see. And it's important to be more conscious and more aware of the choices you're making because they all fit in maybe to the answer to the question and the big puzzle, why was I brought back?
0: I'm hearing some consistent themes here uh, with some other people who have talked to me about their experience with this. Uh, I'm thinking of Jeff Olson, specifically, who uh, had a very profound experience with death and coming back. And one of the things he told me, I'm, I'm picking up from what you're sharing now, Norman. that is that a lot of the stuff that we get so wound up about, that we get tipped over by, just doesn't matter. Yes.
1: It, it doesn't. You can
0: endorse that.
1: But there are still daily things that I still get... They mat- you think they matter, and I still get angry about things. I still get upset mm-hmm. about them. And then if I stop and reflect later, I have to remember, this doesn't have anything to do with, with what we're talking about and what right. we're thinking about.
0: That perspective, I think, creates an, an opportunity, at least, for a richness of experience that doesn't exist before you have the perspective.
1: Yeah, I think that, that maybe what I've learned uh, in, in having these two opportunities is to sort out things quickly r- mm-hmm. rather, than sh- rather than have them linger in your mind and, and with you. Sort quickly what needs to be part of what you carry forward and, and, and what you just leave on the ground behind you. Mm-hmm. Just leave it. Sort it quickly. Don't waste the time. Time is important. Don't waste it. And it's not necessarily a waste of time because, as I said, I didn't realize it was 38 seconds and 42 seconds. For me, it could have been an hour each time. So time is, yeah. is not in. It's not even relevant. It's not, in rele- it's not relevant at all into the next phase of our energy bodies and our being. Mm-hmm. Time's not 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 relevant.
0: Yes, interesting. Although it's very relevant to us in this particular sphere.
1: Oh, we, we all look at the clock. We all count the minutes or the days yes. or we look at the calendar. Everything, everything is calendared and timed by a clock.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: what, what I found is that there is no clock next time. Right. Nobody's saying you got to do this by a certain period of time. You got to wake up or you got to come back. You, you, you just have the wonderful feeling of being safe and Mm -hmm. being comfortable.
0: So here's the next question that comes up for me. Therefore, what? As you have an opportunity to share this story as you are today here at Live On Purpose Radio, what does this mean? for, For me as a listener, if I'm just listening in on this, what can I take from your experience that will be valuable moving forward?
1: Well, I would start with with the title of your show, Live on Purpose.
0: Mm. Live
1: on purpose and move towards finding purpose in every little thing you do. And you don't have to make a checklist. You don't have to keep track of it every day. But think about it later as you're maybe lying in bed, but as you go to sleep at night. Just think, what did I do today that maybe had a purpose? Mm -hmm. What did I live on purpose in doing today? What did I do for somebody else, what I do for myself, whatever it is. But I think that I like the title, Live on Purpose, because we are. There Mm -hmm. is a purpose. Purpose is there. Now, I can also say find the purpose, which is what I'm still trying to struggle with. But purpose is important just to you yourself. Live on purpose. Mm -hmm. I like it.
0: That's what these profound experiences left you with. That question, what is my purpose? For what purpose am I here living and breathing on this planet? And it's a pretty darn good question. You know, sometimes people say that, but they're not really asking, what is my purpose? They're like, well, what's my purpose? As if
1: they don't have one. Well, I think for me, what has happened is I truly know there is a purpose I may not know mm. what it is, but there is, everybody has a purpose for being here. Mm. And I think trying to find it, if you if consciously spend your life searching for it, you're going to be pretty disappointed. Mm. I think if you just look and put the pieces together like a giant jigsaw puzzle, every little piece fits into a puzzle. So look for the little pieces every day, rather than trying to say, what is the Puzzle look like when it's finally finished Mm -hmm. Just find a little piece today. Oh, that's a purpose. I'll put that in my big piece of the puzzle Mm -hmm. It's kind of like Someone that says uh, uh, What's the purpose or what's my direction in life, you know, give me a map on the direction of my life I don't want to give anybody a map I want to give them a blank piece of paper and a pencil and let them draw their own map by picking up the pieces, I'll call them the purpose pieces, picking up your purpose pieces and putting them together, you don't know what your map's going to look like at the end of your life. You don't know what your puzzle's going to look like. So just gather up pieces, each little piece of the puzzle, each little purpose, mm. put it together slowly, and realize that you'll have an opportunity, no matter how long the opportunity will be there to put that puzzle together.
0: I love puzzles. In fact, if you ask my family, every holiday when I have a few days at home, I I put out a jigsaw puzzle. And the individual pieces sometimes make no sense at all.
1: That's right.
0: They're totally ambiguous until you pair them up with the other pieces and then it all starts to make sense. Yes. And that's the image that came to my mind as you shared that. I love that analogy. That's the image I am
1: sharing, yes.
0: To live on purpose. Wow. I think everyone has one, Yes. Uh, just like you were saying, finding out or creating that purpose because we all have something to do with it too, as as you very nicely pointed out there. Norm, thank you so much for sharing that story and for helping us all to live on purpose.
1: Thank you very much, Dr. Paul.
0: It's been an honor to talk to you today. Thank you. And you've all heard it now from the angel himself, Norm Angel. At Live On Purpose Radio, now it's your turn to go live on.